I'm Kyle Mylan, and after 20 years in manufacturing, nobody knows more than me about industrial marketing and technical sales. Stop waiting for industrial events to happen. Take matters into your own hands and create a virtual event today. For those of you that are new to the content, I talk about industrial marketing, industrial sales. It's all that I know for the past 23 years I've been in this industry, eight years owning Manufacturing Tribe, the leading industrial, number one industrial sales and marketing agency where we have over 50 years of experience before the agency. So we know industrial better than anybody else out there. We're ready to get into this. So today we're talking about what we're talking about. Virtual events for industrial companies. Virtual events just like this one that you guys are watching right now. I've got five points. So I've got about 12 words on a note sheet. For those of you that are like, is this stuff scripted? No, it's 100% unscripted. Talking head videos, unscripted. I just kind of talk. Let's let's talk about where you guys traditionally are coming from. What is it? It's webinars. How many people here hit a like if you guys remember how webinars used to like dominate back in the late 2000s, early 2010s? Webinars were where it's at. Everybody was doing them. The problem was the the technology back then, it wasn't really there to do it at scale. And you would work so hard to be like, we're going to do a webinar and we're going to push it out there. And we've got people that are invited and X, Y, and Z. And it worked pretty good for the time being, but nothing beat that in person. So traditionally, you guys are used to the webinar. And that's where we want to start with the mindset of like, why did you do webinars back then? What was the purpose behind a webinar? What's the purpose behind any event? What you're trying to do is educate a group of people into your products or services or technology to get them to trust your brand. And then from there, make some sort of educated decision to hire you guys, use your product, use your service. But it was all about how do you build trust? And the way you build trust back then was doing webinars or doing live demos or going to trade shows, showing your equipment. But for those people that couldn't go physically to places, they would just do webinars. But the whole purpose behind an event is to show somebody something to build that trust. That's the whole purpose of this event. I'm trying to show you and build the trust with you so you understand, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. I should I should watch more of his content and implement some of his teachings. That's the whole reason behind this. So traditionally, it's been webinars when you talk about virtual, but then COVID happened. So let's go into, go into number two, the COVID impact. What did COVID do? for your industry, right? It turned industrial kind of on its head because most people were not used to dealing with things being virtual. Like industrial is one of the last industries that would say, yeah, 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 you guys can work remote. You can't, you're, you're, you're working a machine, you're building a press, you're doing some automation, you're doing all these things. How could you possibly work remote? And then COVID changed that whole thing. And it changed the industry and probably the world forever in a certain, in, in a couple of aspects. There's more remote workers now than there were pre-COVID. And I know there's a lot of companies that are like, dude, you need to come back. Like all the big companies have been doing it and demanding that employees come back into the office, partly probably because they have a large bill for their offices and for their rent and for their mortgage. Uh, and partly because collaboration, man, you need to come back in the office. It's easier to collaborate together as a team than it is virtually. But that COVID impact made it to where all trade shows shut down and it is all virtual. But even still, the industrial market did not respond fast enough to take advantage of those things. We had some customers that said, hey, we can't do trade shows. Trade shows are our biggest 
uh, revenue generator is our biggest lead generator trade going to all these trade shows every single year, which I was like, really trade shows are your number one that your digital marketing must suck because trade shows should not be the number one lead generation uh, builder and platform for you guys. But that's where we said, we'll just do it virtually. And I'm like, what do you mean virtually? We'll just have an event, invite people to that event, go through whatever you would go through at a trade show, show them some technology, go through a pitch, show them some behind the scenes footage of what is it you guys do? How can your solution help them? Ask them questions, get engagement, and just do it virtually. But it's like, where do you start with that? And how do you get into that side of things? That's where we get in number three, the platforms. The platforms are going to be LinkedIn, and I'm sure you can imagine YouTube going live or self-hosted. What do I mean by that? So LinkedIn, you can grab anybody that you don't know personally. You have you don't have their contact information. You didn't market to them. Anybody can see your LinkedIn live. Anybody can see your YouTube live if you're pushing out on YouTube. But the self-hosted aspect, that's where you know private Zoom meetings or if you're using a, a third-party software like what we use, where you can set up an environment to say, email market it out, push it out to potential customers, talk about it at trade shows, do it through social and say, hey guys, you want to learn about three things that you can do to your, your current food handling system, production uh, facility or automation line, three things that you can do, five things to look at in 2024. Today, I'm going to walk through those things. You can do that all virtually and host it in your own environment. Invite people from social and email and make phone calls and push it out there to your network and invite them to the show and interact and engage with them. They don't even have to leave the comfort of their office or their home because they, they can just come in and look at you remotely and learn what they need to learn. And then from there, you know who's attending. You've got their contact information. You can see who actually showed up. You can retarget them, remarket them. That is the power of doing virtual events and do it on the platform. So YouTube and LinkedIn are going to pull, be pulling in people that don't know about you and some people that do know about you. It should be like, I would say 60%, 65% people that don't know you and then 35%, 40% people that do know you because you're going to be inviting them to it. Um, but that is the power of this. We have, we have done it for customers and it's produced massive results of being able to pull in their market of their followers on their company page or taking sales and marketing people or, or owners or CEOs or presidents and be able to say that you guys should come to this event and invite them, connect with them on LinkedIn and invite them to the event. The great thing about it is that there is a replay for those people that aren't going to watch it, but they say, Hey, you know what? I do want to attend. There is a replay for it. And if you do it correctly, like we, what we've done with some clients, we're streaming it on LinkedIn, on YouTube, and you're capturing all that information to then take that piece of video content and chop it up so you can email market it. So it's a whole system of like the purpose of this is you want to like, once you have the piece of content, then you can, um, you can email it out to people for replay, the full replay. You can do shorts from it, right? Cause you're going to try and get some sort of small content. Those shorts can go on, LinkedIn and YouTube. And those of you that are like, oh, I don't know about YouTube, dude. YouTube is the number two search engine in the world, second to Google. So why wouldn't you want to be focusing on having a brand presence on YouTube? Now, I'm going to tell you that you're not going to get tens of thousands of subscribers 
that are relevant because most people in this space, they just don't subscribe because they don't spend a ton of time on YouTube. But once you have that event, this is where it all comes from. Email stuff from that event, email the replay. You can follow up email. You can follow up to all the attendees. You can provide them with some piece of content, something that's valuable, a checklist, a document, an article, a presentation, the whole deck, whatever it is. What else can you do with it? So you can email it out. You've got shorts for it. You can post on your website. You can have a whole section that's just called live content. Like you can have a whole page, resources, live content. Like there's so much that you could do with it once you create it. And that's the key. Like this directly goes into the content creation side of things. And if you know anything about my channel or anything I talk about, it's all about producing as much quality content as possible to stand out. Look at your competitors and tell me how many of your competitors are doing LinkedIn Lives, YouTube Lives, talking about their specific service, their specific product, something that's new to them, some new technology behind the scenes, helping people out by providing value. Most of your competitors aren't doing that. And the reason why is they're like, well, what's going to come from that? I guarantee you, if done correctly, if done with an agency like ours, if done correctly, even internally, inviting people to a live, building up your audience, building up your connections, and doing it consistently every single month, you will see a massive ROI eventually to where that is going to generate a lot of opportunities for you. And you may it may end up being in the form of people asking questions, people bringing things up in your presentation. And you may be also thinking, but Kyle, you talk about marketing that's a lot easier. I sell this industrial product. I have this service. What I'm going to talk about. The first thing that you can talk about, your first live ever, your first virtual event, just do it based on something that you're confident that you can talk about. So pitch your company. That's what I would say first. Hey, guys, I want to just spend quick 20 minutes talking about some of the things that we're getting into in 2024 and some things that we've seen some massive success with our customers. You're an industrial automation company. You're a press builder. You're a machine shop, et cetera. Walk through your presentation. Walk through your pitch. Ask for people to ask questions. Ask for people to get some sort of engagement, but just walk through it. That will make you stand out by itself. Then from there, bringing in an engineer, having them pitch some technology, bringing in somebody from ops, having them talk about something specific, having it two people in the room, just like what we're doing here. Have people do those things, record that, engage with the audience, and then you can push it out there. That's the key here. Get out of the comfort zone, create some content, do it live virtually. If you don't want to be like, dude, I don't want to go LinkedIn live one time a month, once a week, et cetera. Okay, just do one event a quarter. Plan it out. It's going to be a three-hour event, a four-hour event. You're going to push it out on social. You're going to push it out through YouTube. You're going to push it out through email, and it's self-hosted events. So you're not live to the public. You're just live to whatever your audience is. And in this event, you're going to talk about technology trends, things that you're updating, anything like that. Maybe it's a two-hour event, and you've got five speakers that are all going to talk for X amount of time. You lay it all out. There's Q&A in it. Maybe there's a raffle, a giveaway. You need to provide them with something in the end of value, whether it's a copy of the presentation, a guide, an ebook, something like that at the end. But just look at it and say, once a quarter, I want to do an online virtual event. And if you're going to do that, you have to push it out through channels that you know you're going to get some attention. So social, email, and your existing customers, and on the phone. That's the best way to do it organically to where you're not spending a lot of money. Next thing is going to talk about frequency. And I would say if you want to see some major improvements, do it 1x per week. 
minimum, I would say one X per month. If you're not comfortable, if you're a bigger company, you've got more structure, more organization, it takes longer to get going because you guys are slow moving, one X per quarter. That's what I would say. And just do it a few times. Do it like four or five times and then see what type of results you get from it. I can tell you that it has tr it has produced a tremendous amount of attention, a tremendous amount of money, opportunities, brand recognition for us. We've done it for other clients of ours that are open to it, which is not super common. A lot of industrial companies are like, no, dude, I can't go, I can't go live. I can't do a webinar. What are we going to talk about? We've got nothing to talk about, nothing exciting. But what you forget is that there's stuff in your brain that you know that nobody else knows. There's technology that you know, there's things that you're taking for advantage because you're like, no, that's just like everybody does that. Or we're not really that much different than this company. Anything that it is that you guys do from a service standpoint, asking questions, getting feedback, teaching somebody something, you'd be shocked if you really strip back all of the information that you know as a salesperson or as a marketer, everything that you know and how much information is in there that people don't know about. And the key is you want to build that trust and be an authoritative figure, increase your brand awareness. The only way to do that is not rely on a schedule of events and then traveling and spending tens of thousands of dollars traveling. Still do that if it works. And if it produces an ROI, still do that. But at a minimum in between, do these little micro events. Talk about some new upcoming thing that's going on, some new technology. You've got to provide something of value. Once you do it a few times, you'll get in the hang of it and strategize about what should the topics be, list out all the topics, talk to the different departments, have a couple different people in those ideally. But if it's just you, just do it yourself. So if I was a salesperson or marketer at a small business, let's say we're 20, 30 million, 5 million in revenue range, I would be going live once a week talking about something. It's like, hey, so for this live, we're going to talk about the five most commonly asked questions that we get in the design phase of this tooling. Or here's five questions that we get asked all the time when I'm quoting something and people have all these questions. Here's the top five. Let's go through them. Maybe you have these issues too. It's like that. It's like that type of dialogue. Just start to think like every day you deal with problems. Every day you deal with issues, you're solving those problems. You're providing solutions to customers. Breaking those out and saying that each one of those could be a topic or combine some together, that is a way to create the content calendar. We're going live what is it, six, wait, four, six times a month, going live six times a month. We did it last year. We have over 900 videos. Full-length videos is probably in the couple of hundred. I feel like I'm redundant at this point talking about the same thing. And there's still things that we have not talked about. So if I'm 950 videos into the process over the past two and a half years, I'm sure you can come up with four events, four videos, four topics, four things that you could provide value to over the next 12 months, if you're doing it quarterly, at a minimum, just say, I want to do it every other month, right? Or once a quarter, once a month, just do something, try it out. As long as you push in enough effort to get awareness around it, then that is going to be able to tell you, is it going to work or isn't it? You can actually gauge activity from it. The last step is going to be looking at number five, looking at your pipeline. Looking at your pipeline of opportunities, conversations. This should produce opportunities in your pipeline if you do it well enough and push it out there and if you do it for a long enough time. And if you go into it from a standpoint like, look, I want to I teach five engineers something on this event. As long as I teach five engineers something about what is it we do and what could help them out on their daily basis, then it's a win. If you get stuff in your pipeline 
as a result of that, great, chalk it up. But go into it from standpoint, I'm trying to help educate, help save people time, help bring awareness to it. Like if I do ceiling cleaning for industrial companies, let them uh, make them aware of some of the issues that they can run into and what type of improvements they've seen once you're done cleaning the ceiling. Some things to be preventative maintenance for ceiling clean. Hey, don't hire a ceiling cleaning company like me. Just do these five steps consistently throughout the year and you won't even need to hire me. Doing things like that, design guidelines. How can we make parts lighter, faster, stronger? Of course, engineers know it, right? Especially these newbies coming out of school are like, dude, I know everything. In reality, newbies coming out of school usually don't know anything when it comes to engineering. They're taught theory and they haven't really have that much applied knowledge. Then you take a, a middle management or a senior engineer that's like, no, dude, you can't design it like that. That won't work. Here's how you do it. If you can provide those people with tips or guides or things that they can do today, this week, this month, to help improve their positions, improve the value uh, in their lives, teach them one thing that can save them 20 minutes of time, then you can consider a win. So you can't just look at it as, you know, do I have opportunities in my pipeline? Because if you strictly do that, then you're not going to be super happy when it doesn't come for a long period of time. But as long as you go into it from standpoint of I'm trying to help people, I'm trying to educate them, possibly entertain them a little bit, your brand's going to get pushed out there. Stuff will come back to you in the long run. But go into it and say, I'm just trying to help somebody with something. You have a lot of knowledge in your brain. You need to share it with everybody. What better way than in 2024? Go more digital. Push it out on social. Push it out on YouTube. Do a self-hosted event because you can reach so many people so easily with today's technology. All you need is a couple pieces of equipment and a software license to something to be able to stream it on, and you're good to go. So we've got one question coming through. Hit me with it, Riley. All right, so we got a question. What advice do you have for someone who isn't comfortable being on camera? All right. That is that is probably, Larson, that is probably the most common question. So if you're not comfortable being on camera, just be on camera. There, you're, you're not going to get comfortable with it until you do it enough times. Just know that nobody's looking at you the way that you look at yourself. Nobody's judging or critiquing. You just go out there, deliver the content, practice it if you have to, but just be authentic. I used to be shy. I never wanted to be on video. I never wanted to do this stuff. Almost a thousand videos into it. I'm super comfortable being able to stare at that lens and not look away to anything, but that's just through repetition. So you'll get used to it and you'll get more comfortable. If you're like, I hate video, no way, 100% I'll never do it, then, then find somebody else at your company that is open to being on it, but practice it. Just put up your camera and be like, hey, pitch me through these things. That's where sales and marketing people are usually on meetings. It's no different than pitching to a potential customer. You're on video call with them. You're in person. You're talking about your product, your technology, your service, et cetera. So as long as you're familiar with it, then you can answer any questions, present it in a uh, pitch deck format, share it up on the screen, be like, hey guys, we're going to go through some slides here because I want to show you this cool technology. And you can kind of start that way by going through some slide presentations to assist you so you stay focused. Um, but you just have to go out there and do it, and I promise it will become easier. And it is, how do I know people are going to tune in to my live events? You don't. You have to go in it, like, uh, go into it assuming, like, nobody's going to show up when you do it for the first time. Hopefully you get, like, five people. But you have to keep in mind, people are busy. So if you're doing it during the day, a lot of people are traveling, people are busy with meetings, people are handling their daily jobs, so you have to go into it and not look at the numbers of like how many people are live currently for that event. A lot of people watch it on replay, but just go into it like, hey, I'm going to have fun with this. 
I'm going to push some content out there. I promise it's no different than the first video you do and post it on your personal page. I've seen like, hey guys, it's Kyle with ABC Company. I just want to show you this cool thing that we're doing in the shop. People are going to applaud it because you're making yourself vulnerable. So when you do that first live, just do it. As long as you get some sort of excitement out of it, as long as you're happy and you had fun with it, it doesn't really matter how many people showed up or how many people engaged. You're trying to provide value. Rinse and repeat. Do it over and over and over again. And eventually you'll have people that engage, people that always engage, asking you questions and going back and forth and providing them with value. That's all you could ask for. Now we got a question from Lee Shawback. Lee Shawback. The slay Lee, dude, you're a slayer. You took over. I remember like, what is it, six, seven years ago? I forget. I think you're director of sales. Now you're president, man. Look at you go, just dominating over there. All right. He's asking, what is a good time frame for a live event? 10 minutes, 30 minutes? Is there a good number to shoot for? Yeah, so I would say I would say probably 30 minutes. Lars shaking her head, yes. Uh, 30 minutes is ideal. Um, and then as far as when to do it, it just it's all over the place. We've done it at 11, 1, 2, 3. Like we've even polled people. We had a couple hundred people respond back to a poll. Which day of the week is best? Oh, then we ranked them. People said Thursday, Friday, Tuesday. Nobody said Monday. Nobody was like, yes, Monday, I want to do it. Um, but time of day doesn't really matter. You're going to get hit or miss people. Um, but the length, I would say 30 minutes. If you can go for 30 minutes, it may be for your stuff. You're like, I can only go live for 10 minutes. That's okay. Especially with what you guys do. I mean, I could go live just showing your shop off for like three days and I still wouldn't even graze the surface of all the things that you guys can do. Um, but for you, if it's you specifically or your team, I would say start with like, Hey, we're going to go live for 15 minutes. We're going to record it. We're going to go through this information. Maybe you have some time left over for questions, you'd be surprised. Like if you guys push it out there and you got a lot of people that follow your brand, which I'm sure that you do, teaching some stuff about the injection molding side of things and tooling design and processing. And maybe you guys are like the experts in a certain area. You guys are doing RJG or scientific molding, like whatever it is, and you want to help educate some people and help them out. You'd be surprised how many people are going to engage back. And you're like, I'm only going to live for 15 minutes. And before you know it, you've been live for 40 minutes because you get just keep getting those questions coming through. And next question we have, don't have a name, it's just LinkedIn user, but uh, what is the best way to get to know your audience? The best way to get to know your audience is to, I mean, from a, from a creating content standpoint, create content and see how many people engage with it and respond to it, right? So that's one way. Get to know, you need to know what are they, what are they looking for, what are their pain points. You just have to have conversations, right? So if you, if you have a solution or a product and you are pushing out there and you're having conversations with people, you'll get to know what they care about and what they don't. The best way to get to know people in your audience is just to listen. Speak less, listen more. So when you have a conversation, ask thought-provoking questions or ask questions about what is it they do and sit back and just listen. I think that I don't think there's anybody here in this office that listens more intently than I do in any sort of conversation. I try and speak as little as possible and listen to the responses because I then respond to what they're saying and I'm not thinking, what am I going to say next? I'm just waiting for them to take a break in what they're saying and respond and react to what they had said. I prefer not to speak if, if I don't have to, but you have to, in order to understand your audience, you have to ask them questions, listen to their responses, create some content based on that. See what type of engagement. If you get people to say, dude, this was great content. Thank you so much for sharing. Keep doing more of that. But it's like trial and error to understand what is going to hit the most and then doing more of that every single week, every single month. From Ryan Weber, 
How did you realize the demand for an industrial marketing information and products? How did I realize the demand? Um, so I've been, I was in the industry for a decade and there was nobody out there that knew what they were talking about with industrial marketing. Um, at the time I was very good at marketing and sales and industrial grew a lot of uh, companies that I worked at significantly. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, there's a, there's a need out there. Everybody currently sucks. So I'm going to deliver the best solution for it. That's how I got started. So it was based on my specific environment. Guarantee if everybody looks at what they're doing, if you don't have a solution, if you don't have the resource, you can create that as long as you've got the willingness to do it. If you guys got value out of this content, be sure to hit the subscribe button, share it with somebody you know, turn on notifications if you want to listen to this in podcast, every major podcast. Add it on there, industrial sales and marketing with me. Give me a follow on LinkedIn. We'll see you on the well, that's it for this episode. If you got value out of it, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with one person you know. And if you can, leave me a review because it really helps me out. If you want to check out my other content, go over to YouTube. I've got a channel over there as well as find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook under my name, Kyle Mylan. I will see you on the next one.